It's a really big welcome to everybody on the third edition of our ICB News Channel podcast. My name's Rob Marshall, and it's fantastic that you're able to join us for this session. This is a podcast designed to give you, as the listener, the opportunity to get further backstory and understanding from the ICB, and in particular those joining us today, resulting from articles in our highly sought-after newsletter, matters affecting the world of bookkeeping and business that we believe that you simply need to be across. I've got two really highly credentialed specialists joining us today from the ICB. Firstly, Amanda Linton, CEO of the ICB. Welcome, Amanda. Thanks, Rob. Great to be with everyone again. And out in the burbs of Melbourne, we have Matthew Addison. Good to have you, Matthew. Thanks, Rob. Great to be here. It's interesting that one twelfth of 2022 is already uh, dissolved, but may 2022 evolve into being something really great. Absolutely, and we're kicking off 2022 in a really positive manner by bringing out a brand new format to our newsletter. Um, And uh, I'm going to invite Amanda in to start off with to maybe give everybody a little bit of an insight into the new format of the newsletter. And if there's any reason to uh, think that it's too much different other than a new look, Amanda. Thanks, Rob. Look, it's really, um, we've just looked to refresh our, the look of our newsletter and bring ourselves onto some more modern technology, I suppose, make it easier for interaction for members, give you a whole lot more opportunity to interact on a series of different devices, as well as uh, still being able to download a PDF if that's what you would like to do, still being able to access our newsletter in web format like we've always been able to do before. This new format just gives us the opportunity to, as I say, uh, gives us a whole lot more scope for the way in which we present the newsletter and how members can actually interact with it. And can I say, Rob, it's actually just the start of some really great and exciting um, updates to technology that we're looking at for the remainder of this year. Absolutely. And Matthew, one of the things when people do click into the website, uh, I think they will be relieved to know that uh, nothing has changed with the historical newsletters that we've had in the past. They're still there and no plans to get rid of those either, I'm guessing. Uh, That's correct, Rob. So the archive of newsletters remains and the access to past newsletters remains. We might get rid of the ones from back in 2006, uh, just put them (laughs) behind an archive screen because some of that material might uh, have been updated. But uh, yeah, it's all still there and available, Rob. 2022 is rolling along, as Matthew mentioned before. And Amanda, we we spoke on the last episode of the podcast about the evolving nature of our... uh, ICB Summit uh, scheduled for March. Do you want to give the, uh, the the members in particular our next update? And I know a uh, an EDM went out last week, so you might want to just sort of give everybody a bit of uh, understanding of where we're at currently with that. Thanks, Rob. And you've touched on a really important point is this is an evolving situation, as everyone would be aware. And so as we have continual changes to restrictions, as we have changes to borders um, and premiers that maybe don't want to open them anymore, um, there's a whole lot of things that actually affect the way in which we have to run these events. And Clearly, the health of attendees and the ICB team are paramount whenever we run these events. So we actually went out and consulted with uh, different member focus groups and spoke to them about what their thoughts were about the best format to continue to run the summit series in. And it was really evident that members were 
fairly equally divided on those who wanted to definitely be in a room and those who were still more comfortable being in a virtual environment. So we've listened to all of that feedback and we've landed that all of our face-to-face events will continue as are currently scheduled and then we will also be running our virtual event for people to engage with as well. As I said, the priority is the health and wellbeing of the team and the delegates who will be attending. And so we continue to work with our venues to make sure that all COVID safe protocols are covered. Things like there'll be six people to a table, uh, social distancing will be in place, hand sanitizer will be provided. And as we get a little bit closer to each of the events, we will be releasing on an event by event basis what the protocols will be for each of the individual venues. Uh, we decided not to release them too early, Rob, because simply Mm -hmm. they change. We could talk about it now and they'll be different in a week's time. So we'll be releasing those a little bit closer to each of those individual events. So I guess it continues the the, uh, the the uncertainties of this world are you just have to keep watching, or sorry, the certainty of this world is with something that's evolving, you just got to keep watching the space. And so we will continue to call out in, in uh, the next month or so every opportunity we have if there are any changes. But at this stage, we're very confident that uh, we should be able to move forward as you've just outlined, which is really exciting for everybody to be able to choose what is comfortable for them, the online offering or the face-to-face, both of those options are there for people to consider. They really are, Rob, and I suppose I'd just like to call out the one thing that we have changed when we looked at the format of this event is the virtual event. So what we've now done is we've introduced uh, effectively that we'll run the equivalent of two sessions. So we'll have a half-day session, which will be our agenda items sessions one through four, and they'll be run on the afternoon of Thursday the 31st of March. And then we will run the whole event again, um, sessions one through eight, uh, which will be presented on Friday, the 1st of April. So they're the current scheduled dates. Um, I do just say to everyone, just watch this page. We are still confirming those with our event partner, Cvent. Uh, it's been great to partner with them. They're a global event company. It's... Uh, they assure us that we're going to get a premium experience for members this year. Uh, We are acutely aware that maybe not everything went according to plan on the virtual event last year, but Cvent are absolutely, they've been a fantastic partner to work with and we're really super confident that this year will be nothing short of an exceptional experience for everyone. So we're going to continue uh, our deep dive into the newsletter, the January newsletter that's just come out that's got some amazing articles in it. Uh, For those members who haven't had a chance to have a look, I strongly encourage you to to start to get your head inside the, uh, the January newsletter. Matthew, uh, one of the uh, the, the main uh, probably, uh, you could say, articles, we won't call any of the articles a main article, but certainly the article that is very topical at the moment is the article referencing uh, allowances and in particular we continue our journey into STP phase two. The allowances um, article calls out the uh, resource that's being developed right now. We've put uh, partially that resource has been uh, included in the newsletter, but we're going to continue to grow that out. And it's a great opportunity for our members to be able to see the mapping process that continues to um, uh, be unpacked when it comes to STP2. But we've also included in there uh, the ability to get an understanding around the many and varied allowances and their treatment for PAYG and for uh, superannuation guarantee. Do you want to give any further in, in, in indication of where we're going with that particular resource. 
Rob, what's evolved over the last couple of weeks since we did our training back in December and those recorded webinars are available to all our members about the whole way to implement single touch payroll two is the area of allowances. And in STP1 and our existing payroll, we've only got a few allowances. In STP2, we've got a lot more and a lot more breakdown has to happen. So what the article does is opens up the concept for STP2 of what to do with allowances. And as you called out, Rob, the full resource that will be released over the next uh, couple of weeks actually does all that suggested mapping for our members. So we talk about the principles of applying POIG withholding, the principles of how to apply SG to the allowance list, and then we call out the STP2 mapping as well. So we're both uh, hopefully covering off how to think about the allowances and then giving examples of how to implement it. So really happy with where that's going and hopefully our members can give us some feedback as they, as the software releases into our space and as they start playing with the uh, businesses and remapping according to STP2 requirements. Page 13 of the newsletter discusses the SME loan recovery scheme and in particular uh, mentions that there has been an extension of that. Do you want to just uh, bring the listeners into a little bit of an understanding of what the SME loan recovery scheme is and the importance of that extension? Rob, we're in the middle of an era right now where... The current variant of Omicron, sorry, current variant of COVID, um, is impacting businesses differently. And we're looking for quick answers to support business. And the SME loan recovery scheme is one of those. So government extended it to uh, 30 June 2022, where small businesses can go to their bank. It's under a government a different government guarantee scheme and small business should be able to get more support from their banks in borrowing to enable them to live through and survive this current era we're in of lower demand and lower supply. What sort of considerations from a bookkeeper perspective should we take in with this article? Is this a conversation that we need to engage with or... Yeah. Spot on, Rob. It's a conversation because clearly we would need to be led by the businesses we work with. Uh, if they're even interested in approaching the bank, they might see that their cash flow is able to, to be ride. But some businesses, I'd hate to see them close or make decisions without considering applying to the bank for this uh government-backed scheme, which may allow them to ride out the next six months quite comfortably. Amanda, some of the um, questions that I know you've received over the years and certainly we get on support quite regularly uh, revolve around super and under 18-year-olds. I know you've been involved in um, organisations in the past where uh, the, the payment of super for underage people perhaps has been a little bit questionable. I'm not going to ask you for comment on that, by the way. Uh, I'm calling out page 14 of the newsletter for those who have um, so far engaged with it. And we've got an excellent article there around employees aged under 18 and paying superannuation. And here at the ICB, we do get a lot of calls about this on our support line. And I'd encourage those who haven't already had a look at that article to go and do so. Because for those of us, um, including Amanda and Matthew, who have been in practice in the past, it is a question that comes up quite regularly. And I think the, the 
the uh, the main thing I wanted to mention from that article is the examples of the questions that our support team are often asked. And uh, at the at the risk of reading what's the, already there, I'm going to do that. One of the things that we need to consider is the the criteria for when you must pay super for an employee aged under 18 years. And we call out in that article that uh, it's a range of criteria. First one is that they are under 18 years of age, of course, that they are paid $450 or more um, before tax in salary and wages in a calendar year. And I think that's, uh, sorry, in a calendar month. Let's uh, reiterate that. That's a really important piece. Work more than 30 hours a week. And I think that's the one that probably catches a few people out and are not exempt under another exemption criteria. So the questions that we get regularly are, what happens if an employee um, is 18 years of, or under, works more than 30 hours in one week, but was not paid $450 or more in the calendar month, are they exempt or aren't they under the 450 rule? Well, they are, okay? So the 450 rule takes precedent in that instance. Secondly, the, the other question we have been asked in the past is if they were paid $450 or more in a calendar month, but they did not work more than 30 hours a week in any week within that calendar month, is there a need for them to pay super, or sorry, for the employer to pay super? And the answer is no, there is no need. So it's about meeting all the criteria. And uh, our last example in that particular article says, however, if they were paid $450 or more in a calendar month, but only worked more than 30 hours a week in one week during that calendar month, the SG would be paid on the salary or wages earned for that one week. So there's a little bit to unpack there, a little bit to think through. I'd encourage you, even though we've uh, called this out in this particular episode of the podcast, get your head back inside that article and make sure that you're across it. It's a very, very common question for many bookkeepers out in the, in the, the marketplace these days. Um, Matthew, did you want to add anything to that or do you think we've covered that one nicely? No, Rob, good Good discussion. We all know super guarantee is complicated. We all know that the administration of super guarantee and the things yeah. that our members are doing on a daily basis to make super guarantee work are quite complex. And just yep. to let you know, ICB and others, uh, we're joining with ABN to, to actually discuss with the ATO the administration behind SG because we're not happy with it. We don't think it serves employers or bookkeepers now with the current technology we've got available. And one of the one of the things that keeps cropping up is is the uh, the SGC, the superannuation guarantee charge process that happens when super is late. And uh, we, again, are trying our very best to lead a, lead a charge to make that process a lot more easier than what it has in the past. And uh, that's certainly a high focus of ICB as we move forward in 2022. 2022, again, already continues to throw up this thing called the pandemic, and we're all trying to deal with that in the best ways that we possibly can. Matthew, pandemic leave is on the lips of a lot of people and employers in particular. Uh, the article addresses that. Do you want to give us some insights into that particular topic? 
Yeah, just a quick one, Rob. This uh, particular article is dealing with the extension under the Fair Work Commissions and Fair Work Awards about unpaid pandemic leave when somebody is forced into that situation. Uh, the discussion has um, probably moved a little bit now with the current uh, restrictions on individuals about their ability to return to work. And there is a Services Australia pandemic leave payment uh, there's also discussions about an employer's need to pay sick leave or personal leave, as it's now called, compared to paying pandemic leave. So this one deals with the unpaid pandemic leave, which awards it applies to, but there's more discussions now that members should be aware of, keep watch of the site and the news about paying personal leave, as well as Services Australia's payments for pandemic leave. And finally, when we uh, put our eyes across 2022, as we're, we're tending to have uh, sort of got on a theme with that in this particular episode of the podcast, we're, we're, we're looking forward, which is really important. When it comes to online services for agents, Matthew, do you see any significant uh, changes coming up and opportunities, especially for the BAS agent? fraternity to be able to engage better with the ATO. The ATO continue to work on the online services for agent access. So that interaction we have with ATO systems, they continue to work, they continue to change things. Um, there's some tweaks and changes to the requirements if you're accessing OSFA, and that's what that article is about and alludes to, but it opens you into the whole online guide for how to use OSFA properly. The features, the interactions, the applying for deferrals, the communication techniques is all inside that, that system. So it's worth having a look at and worth having a look at the other features. And finally, with the other op opportunity that's coming up for um, members to engage with along with the summit, as Amanda has uh, so well spelled out earlier in this uh, particular episode, is the ICB director's election process and the nomination process, which is now open. And again, I'll throw to you, Matthew, do you want to give everybody a bit of an update and a bit of an outline of that process? Thanks, Rob. ICB is a member-led member-controlled organisation. Our members vote for the board. The board then is involved in the appointment of the executive staff who look after the, the team that are lucky enough to be employed um, inside the organisation, which includes me, by the way. I find this a real privilege, as I know Amanda and Rob do, to be engaged by the ICB community. So uh, coming up to our AGM that will be in April, uh, we have two director positions available. One of them is my seat, and yes, I am restanding and have been nominated to uh, restand for another three-year term, but there is a vacant seat as well. So please, um, a, a encouragement to our members to think about those of your colleagues or yourself, whether you would like to join the board of ICB and consider contributing at the governance level of the organisation. Amanda, anything you want to add just about that uh, positioning for the directors and the call-out? I think it's a really important call out to um, to for people to understand exactly what being a director of ICB actually means. And it's a really privileged position, as Matthew said, um, not only being employed by the organisation, but being able to represent members at, at director level. 
remembering that the key uh, purpose of the board and the key purpose that the um, the directors are actually seated is literally about guiding the strategic direction of ICB and what that means into the future. And having member voices in those seats is really important to ensure that we stay relevant, we stay connected, and that the members' voices are clearly heard at that level of um, that level of organisational management. So it's a it's a great opportunity for someone to come in and really have um, some solid input to represent member member views um, as to what the future of ICB is actually going to look like. And Amanda, we want to um, also use this opportunity to to say, you know, what, what, whatever engagement you have with the ICB, we value it and we encourage you to continue to uh, engage with us. And one of those ways is to have some input into how it is run. And uh, that is what this opportunity gives, as Matthew has called out, and, and uh, also yourself. Encouragement is really important for all of us, I think, at this moment. Amanda, you want to uh, sort of bring this podcast to, towards the back end by... Uh, giving some uh, words of encouragement perhaps to our members in particular as we go into this new year. Look, I think 2022 has a lot of really exciting opportunities in front of us, Rob. So not only from an ICB perspective, we're talking about the potential to bring a new director on board, which is always an exciting dynamic for us, but also to getting involved in thing, in other opportunities that ICB has available. As Matthew called out, we are a member focused organisation. It's members at the centre of everything we do. And so it's really important for us that we get that level of member engagement to help guide the varying projects that we undertake during the year. Uh, one of the things that's in the newsletter this this month as well is we've listed a couple of uh, or three different opportunities we have for member engagement uh, for those who might want, want to sit at a director level but still would like to have some input into some of the projects we deliver. So I really encourage everyone to have a look. There are three really exciting projects in particular that we're asking for member feedback and member involvement in going forward. And I'm really pleased to say, Rob, we already have a couple of members who have popped up their hands and uh, nominated to be part of those working groups, but clearly to have um, a, a core group of members that can have a very hands-on, this is a way to have a very hands-on um, involvement on what the deliverable outcomes of ICB is. So from, from that perspective, from an internal ICB perspective, we've got lots happening for 2022. As I mentioned at the start, we are also have some really exciting initiatives about uh, broader technology application within ICB and there'll be some more information coming out to members over the next few weeks as to what that means for, um, practically for everyone. The team's really excited. We had a meeting recently where uh, I know Pauline, Rob, one of your team members, has seen it for the first time and she's super excited about what she's seen and the benefits that that's going to offer as well. So lots happening for 2022. Clearly, I really encourage everyone to register for the summit. The team ha is really super excited to see everyone and, uh, and to engage with you all as well. So I think 2022 uh, is onwards and upwards, Rob. I think it's the year of recovery and I think it's the year of, uh, of getting ourselves or looking forward to all the amazing opportunities that are in front of us. Great stuff, Amanda. I'm absolutely excited. Thank you for those words of encouragement. For those of you who are tuning in and you're going, I'm, I'm clearly not in this full loop I, and I, I want to be, I want to know more, icb.org.au is where we encourage you to go to, icb.org.au. Get on board, capture the fire, 
get involved with the Institute of Certified Bookkeepers. You won't regret it. And uh, those opportunities for 2022 can be in front of you also. So, Amanda, thank you for your time today on on this episode of the podcast. We value your uh, uh, input and in in particular your encouragement there. That was fantastic. We will uh, no doubt uh, speak with you again on on a future episode. And Matthew... Uh, I think the CEO might have got the last word on the last podcast, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give you the opportunity to have the last word. Thanks, Rob. Thanks for the opportunity. Bookkeepers helping bookkeepers helping business. Bring it on. Brilliant. Thanks, guys. 